This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, nothing like a fire to liven up a phase check. Check that that extinguisher has a full charge and strap in for Fire Is Not Your Friend by James Nova. After getting my private, commercial, and instrument tickets, I thought it would be an extra benefit to get my multi-engine rating as well. After all, if an engine fails, there would still be one engine to get me safely to an airport. Training flight after training flight demanded engine-out procedures. Identify, verify, feather, and fuel shutoff. I believed that I would be at least 148 years old before I could possibly experience a real loss of an engine. Oh, the benign innocence of the young and inexperienced. The morning of my final practice flight before my check ride dawned severe, clear, cool, and calm. A beautiful autumn day. It was my last flight in a Piper Aztec before the multi-engine check ride. I had a great instructor and was confident that I could pass the check ride with flying colors. Pardon the pun. A thorough by-the-book pre-flight, including dipping the tanks to be sure that the fuel on board was accurate, was conducted. Everything was perfect. What could possibly go wrong? I should have thought, danger, Will Robinson, but I didn't think anything. We took off from White Plains, New York, in the Aztec to fly to Sullivan County for single-engine work, touch-and-goes, and some IFR multi-engine practice. My instructor, Al, was putting me through my paces so that I could be prepared for my check ride the next day. All was right with the world. So far. After some VOR, NDB, and ILS work, we did three touch-and-go landings at Sullivan County. After the last touch-and-go, we began to head back to White Plains, only 71 miles away. After about five minutes of flying, I turned to Al and said, Al, do you smell something? Al said no, so I kept flying the airplane. We were climbing to about 5,000 feet AGL. And a minute or two later, I again asked Al if he smelled anything. He again said no. So I began to look around for the source of the smell, which I knew for certain was something burning. I looked at all the gauges, looked all over the cockpit, looked under the instrument panel, under my seat, out the passenger side window, and still nothing. Finally, I looked out of my side window. 
and what to my wondering eyes should appear. Not reindeer, but flames pouring out of the left engine nacelle. I turned to my instructor and said, we have a fire in the left engine. What are you going to do? He asked. These were to be the only words he spoke the entire rest of what would turn out to be a 20-minute flight, except for a brief comment just before landing. I identified, not difficult, verified and feathered the left engine and shut off the fuel supply to it. I pushed the right rudder pedal to the floor, locked my right knee to assure the rudder stayed deflected, and put in full right rudder trim, adding left aileron so as to have a five-degree bank into the operating engine to prevent rolling. This was all as Al had instructed me, actually hammered into my thick skull, in virtually every prior multi-engine flight. But this wasn't practice. This was real. That realization provided some real urgency and laser-like focus. The nacelle continued to burn. I then decided to try a shallow dive in an effort to put out the flames. I knew this was a bit tricky on one engine and not a lot of altitude, but I felt I had no choice. I did not want the fire to attack the left-wing fuel tanks. Fortunately, the shallow dive, about five degrees nose down, only resulted in a loss of about 900 feet. Since we were still at about 4,000 feet AGL, I took the risk. If the flames had continued, we would likely have gotten the fuel tank so hot that it would explode. That certainly would have cut my lessons short and ruined my day. Success. The flames went out and I prayed they stayed that way. After the flames were extinguished, I leveled off and headed directly to White Plains. I then called New York Center and calmly declared an emergency, explained the situation, and asked that the fire trucks and other crash equipment should be deployed. They told us to squawk a discreet code and said that they had us on radar and to immediately contact the tower. We were still about 30 miles or so from White Plains. The tower gave us a straight in, clear to land on runway 16, the longest runway. By this time, my right leg was just about done. I need to exercise more. But I was damned if I was going to ask Al for help. After all, what if I had been alone? Nothing like real-world experience to imprint training forever and experiencing asymmetric thrust for real, is an eye-opener. I flew the approach using the gentlest turns I could until lined up with runway 16. As we were about three miles from the runway threshold, Al said the only other words he uttered the whole flight. He said, don't forget to take out the rudder trim. On long final, I lowered the gear. Thankfully, the right engine was the critical engine and gently began to reduce power and simultaneously relieve pressure on the rudder. At the last moment, I saw all of the emergency equipment and remember thinking, am I happy or scared the equipment is there for me? The landing was as good as I had ever done. 
Using the one engine, we taxied off the active, shut down the engine, and got towed to the ramp. Well, what happened? After the airplane was inspected, it was determined that the weld holding the exhaust collector pipe onto the exhaust manifold had broken, and the collector pipe had fallen to the bottom of the nacelle so that white-hot exhaust gases were being blown directly into the engine nacelle, causing the fiberglass nacelle to catch fire. My multi-engine check ride had been scheduled for the next day, and I decided not to change it. I passed. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out the AOPA mobile app, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.